I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to another podcast. Welcome back to those that have listened in the past. As always, I appreciate the comments and the subscriptions and the tweets. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Cabby Richards. I'm here in Toronto and... Um, a few last week, Chris Stewart from the St. Louis Blues was on, and we briefly discussed the ways in which women accentuate their appearance with accessories, large sunglasses, push-up bras, or Lululemon pants. He thought sunglasses were the biggest enhancer uh, that tricked him most often. It's hard to argue with that, and to be fair, the women that I polled unscientifically a few years ago, cited that loose-fitting shirts and baseball caps as the two items men wear that trick women about their appearance. So this fashion conversation got me thinking. I need to reach out to someone that I know whose eye and expertise for fashion are far, 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 far greater than my own. You will enjoy this conversation because this man has stories for days, expertise like very few, and for the first time on Cabby Presents, we talk extensively about style and celebrity. He joins me in the studio right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. For a couple of decades, as far as I'm concerned, this man has been the face of fashion on television in Canada. He's endured, he's been wrapped up in, and he's actively led fashion trends in Canada forever. Oh, good. So you know I don't play professional sports. That's yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> although, you may have, although you may not uh, see him dressed as a hipster, his style game is business chic, as he's often walking the streets in tailored suits. He's traveled all over the world representing the men on fashion television and interviewing some of the planet's most beautiful women and most famous designers. I'm pleased to have journalist and photographer Glenn Baxter in studio. Welcome to Cabby Presents. Thanks for having me, Cabby. And for those at home who are watching uh, your podcast, <laughs> uh, they're, they're a little shocked to see me in jeans and a, and a T-shirt. Yeah, it's, it's actually rare to see you in, like, your casual gear. Like, actually, it's a I beautiful think, sunny day, and, you know. This is the first time I've ever seen you rock <laughs> jeans in a, and, well, I'm and a designer Well, I'm dressed for team. radio. I'm dressed for a podcast. <laughs> and it, it's a look good this, look. Look at the sneakers, though. Right? Yeah, those are nice. Those are nice. Steve McQueen sneakers. No, no, Alexander McQueen. Alexander McQueen. Oh, sorry. Oh, wait. Steve, okay, <laughs> Steve McQueen was the the, the iconic yeah, film actor. Yes. Alexander McQueen. He's a he was a famous fashion designer. Yes, he's. Uh, and he passed away what twenty two three years ago. That's right. Yeah, about right. three years ago, he was uh, one of uh, the UK's uh, top designers, and he he took his own life a few years ago. And he he wasn't quite thirty, was he? Oh, um, I feel I like he was twenty eight. No, but no, I'm no not... I think I think he was around forty. Oh, he was over, yeah. okay. My bad. My and bad. I actually um, had a chance to shoot and attend 
his last runway presentation, which was uh, in January when he presents his uh, menswear collection in Milan. And we we, uh, we were there for that. And then he took his life a month later. Oh, wow. So at those, okay, I, I do want to ask, might as well get into it. When you go to those, you said a, you said a fashion presentation. A runway show. A runway show. So like, so it's just like the male models and you see the whole line. How much of that stuff are you like, well, that looks cool. Or like, eh, I probably will never rock that. Well, that, that's the, my favorite thing uh, to cover over the last 10 years as the host of uh, CTVs in Fashion was menswear in Milan. Because I get menswear. I get excited about menswear. The women's stuff, it's way over my head. Like, I'd interview those, you know, PhD black belts in the front row and ask them about the collection. <laughs> and something that I thought was kind of nice and, you know, they will tear it apart or they will praise it, but it's how they back it up and how they explain it, which is like unbelievable to me. So, wait, do you know, do you find that people in the fashion game explain the styles and the cuts and, and the fabrics, the way that like chefs explain like oh, aromas yeah. and, and the way that they like um, uh, food critics kind of describe tastes and like it, it's yeah. language. And how, it's, and how all the flavors work together in yeah. unison and so on. But also with fashion. Um, like this tastes yummy, that looks good. Right. That's the extent of my articulation. But the fashion. Fashion journalists who are who are good at what they do, they have decades of experience, so they have all kinds of points of reference. They they know the designer and what he's presented before, and what makes a good collection, what makes it consistent and cohesive, and they'll just kind of break it down for you, as opposed to just going to a show on a particular day, maybe for the first time. And you know what I mean? Like they they come with so much knowledge. Glenn, you didn't answer my question. When well, you watch those, you get excited <laughs> for the men's, the men's. Uh, excuse I me, do. and it's in no, fashion. Yeah, excuse yeah. me on CTV um, for the menswear presentation. How, what is the percentage, generally speaking, of of outfits or, or looks that you're like, okay, I would rock that, or versus, oh man, this this not for me. Well, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, like I'm approaching fifty. Uh, for those are you actually? Yeah, dude, I thought you're like thirty eight. <laughs> well, thank you, but uh, I could tell you, Cabby, because you're a good friend. I appreciate but, that. But, but yeah, I mean, there's some things that aren't appropriate for my age. My, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't look your age. And isn't it all about how you feel, though, Glenn? Sure, sure. But I mean, you know, like uh, I, I don't wear so many hoodies anymore. <laughs> and, and I, and I used, I was a good staple. That, you know, which guy doesn't like to put on hoodies? It's easy. I'm with it's, you. It's, it, right? I'm with but, you. But, but then, you know, you reach. Or for years, I was um, exclusively outfitted by Hugo Boss. And I used to just wear their red label called Hugo. And that is a very fashion forward uh, clothing line. Out of all of the Hugo Boss labels, because they have, you know, Boss, which is the black label, they have Hugo, Hugo Orange, they have a golf line. I mean, they have several lines under the Hugo Boss umbrella, but only one is considered a fashion line. And that's the Hugo line. And they show during Berlin Fashion Week. But that is a young man's, uh, you know, label. It is tight fitting. And, uh, you know, a lot of it, like, like the t-shirts are made out of cotton, but with some elastane. I mean, they're, they're so after, you know, you, you grow out of it, you can't wear it when you're, you know, when you're 50. Are you so, sure? Because you're still like, what are you like? Si how tall are you? Six two or six three? Six one. Six one. Six yeah. one. And you were like one ninety five, two one, yeah. two oh five yeah. max. Yeah, one ninety five. You're okay. You're you're like you're a, a big dude. You're not like some skinny uh, European kid. Well, there from, you go. And that's what I mean. Like those skinny European uh, kids, and a lot of them are in the runway shows that we'd cover. You know, they're like twenty one, uh, and and they 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 can wear uh, they can wear anything, but you 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 know, you, a lot of it is age appropriate. So so. Uh, 
yeah, yeah so there are, you so don't look your age though so you could get away with it if you wanted yeah but but to answer your question though I mean when you go to <laughs> Milan when you go to Milan Fashion Week and you're covering like Roberto Cavalli and and Canali and Zenia and Z Zenia and you know Vivian Westwood and and uh, Alexander McQueen I mean you know your jaw drops this is some you know Versace uh, I remember uh, the last Versace show I covered in the front row was Dwayne Wade and uh, um, uh, LeBron Carmelo James? oh no, Carmelo yeah, yeah yeah they're both sitting together and I'm at, I, I went up to them and I said what you know what attracts a couple of NBA superstars to the front row of Versace show and they're totally into fashion but they want to up their you know their their IQ their right. fashion IQ they're going there for the experience the knowledge they want to walk away with with a better wardrobe and a better understanding of men's fashion um, so in that setting but, but when you're going to these shows yeah. I mean it's the best I mean you have the best designers working with the best models they have massive budgets uh, I remember, I think the best, the, my my favorite fashion show of all times was during uh, Men's uh, Milan Fashion Week, and it was Dolce & Gabbana's 20th anniversary in menswear. And Morgan Freeman uh, shows up, front row, standing ovation for him. Oh, wow. Matthew McConaughey also in the front row. The show starts. Wait, no no standing ovation for Matthew McConaughey? You know what? No. Well, he's not, he's not, Morgan <laughs> Freeman no, is I'll, a I'll legend. Just, I'll just, yeah, I'll, but wow. You're in Italy, and I'll describe the scene. I mean, everybody's taking their seats. Uh, you know, it's an anticipated show. It's a Sada after ticket, right? And it's not open to the public. I mean, you got to understand, too, these are some of the most uber-exclusive uh, events in the world. You can't buy a ticket to these things. You have to be invited. Um, so so we, we, you know, we were lucky enough to be there to cover the event. And I'm sitting down, and, and Matthew McConaughey walks in, and he gets a nice, you know, round of nice applause. applause yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, and then shortly after, Morgan walks in, and standing ovation. And these are people from all over the world. You know, the fashion crowd can be really tough to please, but it was really nice to see, uh, you know, Morgan get that kind of uh, reception from from the fashion crowd in Milan. The show starts with Annie Lennox. Remember? You know, oh, yeah, Annie, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, great Annie vocalist. Lennox yeah. is one of the greatest vocalists. Yes. I had an argument with a, a friend of mine, but I remember this vividly, about 15 years ago. I'm going to let you continue your story. And Your story I, better be better than mine, by the well, way. Well, it's, it's actually <laughs> not going to be. But it was the argument was Celine Dion versus Annie oh, Lennox, dear. and we were talking about the range, the range of octaves that these vocalists can hit. And he convinced me that Annie Lennox was a better vocalist than Celine Dion. Anyway. Please continue. I would have to disagree. Really? Oh yeah. And Annie I've, Lennox in her day, dude, was a beast. No, no. She, she she has a great voice, and she's also a songwriter, and she's also a musician. They're they're quite different. I mean, Celine. I know, has but we're just talking about voice. Glenn, she can sing. About she doesn't vocals. write music. She doesn't play an instrument. I know. She's a, she's a vocalist, yeah. and wow, like I'm not a big fan of her music, but I've seen her, you know, live a few times uh, when I used to work. Uh, yeah, as a uh, reporter at much, much Music, and so much respect for this woman's voice. I mean, I had chills. Her voice transcends her music. Her music, you know, arguably isn't great, but her voice, when you go see Celine live, you focus on her voice. And this is exactly what this dude and was Anna, telling me about Annie, Annie sings songs, right? I, yeah, Annie's an artist. She's a songstress. I'm just, she's a, a songwriter. But, but her voice, though. But Celine is a vocalist and one of the best on the planet like wow i just wish that the the songs that she's recorded over the years were a little you know a little better do you, do you realize what just happened here two grown men talking about celine, dion. <laughs> about celine dion and annie lennox i'm in studio with glenn, glenn baxter journalist photographer fashion and we are we are sober uh the one of the few 
voices uh, of fashion in our country. Please continue the story about the. Well, you know, my was story. Was it the Dolce Gabbana or the Versace Dolce Gabbana celebrating their 20th anniversary in menswear. And, uh, Annie Lennox opens Annie, the show. Yeah, and, and it wasn't even on the program. You had no idea that Annie Lennox w- would be at the, the, the foot of the runway behind a, a grand piano playing a medley of all of her hits while all of these uh, models walked down the runway wearing, you know, the greatest clothes, you know, for guys you, you could ever imagine. And, and the, the, the models aren't just like one up and down, you know. They're like four or five being thrown down the runway at once. And, the f- and your eyes are like, they're moving from Annie performing, and you got a smile on your face because you're enjoying this beautiful, intimate concert. And then, you know, you, you kind of move and, and, and enjoy the clothes that are being paraded down the runway. So you're going back and forth, back and forth, until the very end when I think they sent something like 45 male models wearing tuxedos and variations of a black suit, and that's how it, it came to a close. And then, of course, the 20th anniversary party to, to follow that night. But that, that was a good moment. Okay, so I, okay, let me just pause you because there's like three things that I need to get to. One, how much people watching do you do at these events? Because you said these are the, these are the most exclusive events in the world. Yeah. You cannot buy you a ticket. Regardless of how rich or, or how rich you are, yeah. wealthy you are, you, need, you have to be invited. And it's one show, right? It doesn't go on tour. It's not coming to your city. Uh, there's not a follow-up show in two hours or the next day. I mean, this is it, right? It's one moment, and you're either sitting there or you're watching it on, on TV or on, 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 you know, online. Okay, so people watching, how much do you do? Well, the best part is you grab your seat. What do you do when you sit down, right? You just look around and you're, you're just watching uh, other people taking their seat and who's there. And, and also when you're working, you're, you know, I mean, that's the, I mean you, you are there working. you got your cameraman who's on standby and you're both kind of stressed, right? Because here's, here's the deal. These people are taking their seats and you're kind of like seeing who's there because as soon as a celebrity comes to take their front row and there's, as you know, a lot of them who are invited to these events for that purpose to do a little press for the, for the label, you got to rush and fight through the crowd and get to that person along with you know maybe 20 other microphones and trying to get a clip in right oh, so so brutal. but but yeah you people watching is part of the fun of course everybody's wearing their best it's it's a good looking crowd right it's beautiful people <laughs> number 2 you uh, were at a Versace show and you saw Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony yeah. of the New York Knicks in that space sitting what, together what was along. what was the recept like how were people reacting to these in that in that space, probably the, <laughs> they stand the, out. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the largest men in the room. Yeah, yeah. How no, are people reacting to them? They stand out too because when they they're brought in, uh, you know, moments before the show begins because you don't want them sitting there for too long, right? And lots of cameras following them, and it's like a scrum situation. So whether you follow basketball, uh, whether you're from North America or you know uh, Japan, your eyes will kind of like. Check out who who entered the room. Is that, right, right. Is, is that Clooney? Who's it? you know what I mean? So so you, so you so you don't know who it is, and then uh, you know they stand up, and you kind of think, oh, they must be basketball players. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, one yeah. day, Carmelo Anthony is six eight, and yeah. Dwayne Wade is six four. So they're probably yeah. the the tallest dudes. In there. And, and we were talking sports early. I mean, I I watched those guys when they played NCAA. I, I'm a big NCAA fan. So, That's amazing. And then once they go to the NBA, I lose track. Like, really? So so Carmelo plays for the Knicks. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you only saw Carmelo with the Syracuse, Syracuse or Orangemen that yeah. one year and when Dwayne they won. Wade was, it was, was Marquette. No, no, it wasn't. Oh yeah, he yeah, was Dwayne with Marquette. Marquette. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but D Wade wasn't really a big star. And the Raptors could have picked him up, right? That's right. But they drafted Chris Bosh instead of Dwayne. Chris Bosh at the four and Dwayne Wade at yeah. the five. Uh, Miami Heat picked yeah. up uh, Dwayne at the at the five. Chris Bosh actually would uh, sit front row at Toronto Fashion Week. 
Chris Bosh. Nice yeah, 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 that was nice to see him there, support and stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> to follow Glenn on Twitter, it's at Glenn underscore Baxter, G-L-E-N underscore Baxter, B-A-X-T-E-R, in studio with me, uh, just giving me a lot of game. Just Because my, my fashion game is very simple, and Glenn, you've been, you've been around uh, the world's influencers uh, in, in fashion. And here's a question. When you're in Europe and you're greeting people that either you know or you're meeting for the first time, do you do the double kiss or do you just do the single, a, you know, the single kiss? That's a Montreal thing, though. I grew up Montreal? With that. Yeah. It, it oh, is? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. That's from Montreal. I thought it was yeah. from Europe. Well, you know, Montreal. Okay, well, you guys are European obviously the European in, influence. In yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, but the, you know, and uh, I remember moving here uh, in, uh, I won't say when, but I, I no, well. <laughs> Dude, you I, said I, you're 50 I did, earlier. I did. I, approaching. Okay. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Approaching. Um, but yeah, I, I came, I, I left Montreal uh, in the 80s to study journalism at Ryerson, and, and I ended up staying. And uh, and I remember like it, like Torontonians don't really do that. No, history. maybe now, but not not back then. Yeah, and and I started uh, working at the French uh, CBC while I was a student. I was doing um, morning traffic reporting for the French CBC radio along uh, my English counterpart Jim Kern, who just retired a few months ago. And uh, in the studio was uh, the, you know obviously it was a francophone show for French CBC radio. And the weather the the woman who did the weather um, and I ended up getting hired at Much Music around the same time. Her name was Nathalie Richard, and she was a VJ, and she was from Quebec, and she spoke with the Allô, mon nom est Nathalie Richard, and she had a big <laughs> accent, and uh, and uh, so we started uh, working together. But she really made an effort to kiss everybody every day on each cheek. And you could see like, you know, like it was work because people don't normally or naturally do that here in Toronto. Right. But she wasn't going to give that up. This was part of her personality and her upbringing. And she wasn't going to change because uh, she was living and working in Toronto. And I've kind of, yeah, kind of kept. So what do you do? Same. What do you do? What do you mean? What do you do? You, but, you yeah, go, but like, you, you, you go do out. the double kiss or the single kiss? No, double. The double. Double. And how do you know when to actually press your lips on the girl, the person's cheek? I try not to do that. I just oh, you don't? Yeah, you yeah. do kind of the like air yeah, kiss? Well, just no, but there's, like there's a some little... contact, you know, like cheek to cheek kind of thing. I don't want to like press my lips all over. A lot, of, a lot of women also have, you know, makeup on and stuff and you don't want to, you know, ruffle their feathers. As, yeah, but know, what if but she's yeah. really hot though, dude? They're, you've met hundreds or thousands of really hot women. Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to kiss, you know, woman. You you just want to maybe flirt with them, and a little cheek rubbing is nice. You know, you want to you want to get close there. Maybe spend a little more time with the cheek to cheek thing as opposed to just planting a kiss, right? So you so you never actually so you it's it's cheek to cheek. You don't put your lips on the. There's on maybe the a little lippage, Gabby. You know, we 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 need to go out more. <laughs> Dude, well, I want to run in your circles, man. Your circles. Well, you're a big fan of uh, the uh, photo exhibitions that we used to do at Yellow Boss. Yeah. So, so every that time was... I see Cabby uh, on the street or at some event, he's always like, "Dude, when are you doing another party?" I'm the, so the, the, the chicks at your party are incredible. Blah, yeah. blah blah. Yeah. So for for the people that are listening, I'm in studio with Glenn Baxter, who's who's a journalist and, and he's a photographer. And the first, my first. Uh, the first time we really hung out, we spent time, was that you had a photo exhibit. I think it was part of the, was it the Contact yes. uh, Photo Festival? Yeah, yeah I, I did that for a number of years. I would... Uh, and I only went to one. Yeah. So, okay, you did it for a number of years, but I, I was got... sponsored by Hugo Boss, and right. Hugo Boss would uh, sh display my photographs in their uh, shop or showroom. And uh, and we had an opening night uh, where we sold all of the photographs with 100% of the money going to a humanitarian organization that I've been supporting for a number of years called Right to Play. 
Uh, it's a sports uh, game. Yeah, and it's a great, it's a great, uh, great charity. They have lots of athlete ambassadors that are part part of their roster. Okay, well let's get back so, to so the, we have let's this, get back to the photos. So we have this big opening party, right? And we have you know usually Grey Goose, Stoli Elite sponsored it one year, so we have a great open bar, and I'm in charge of the guest list. I mean Hugo Boss has their database and they will uh, invite some of their VIP customers, but you know pretty much it's my job to fill the room. So I'm filling it with some people who. You know, some people have money and might uh, bid on the photographs because in, in the end, we're trying to raise money for Right to Play. But you also want to give those people a good experience. So you want to, uh, you know, you want to invite some some beautiful women. Yeah, you want to make sure the room looks good. Exactly. The room is a, is a sexy looking room. And you thought I did a good job. When, dude, it was, okay, so <laughs> I, it was like, I don't know, 2010 or 2011. And I came with my boy DJ. DJ is a very, very stylish dude. His, his, um... His style game is is on point. Always has nice patterns, and he and he finds just he always looks good. So we go to this event, and we get there, and I I'm a fish out of water. I'm this giant. I'm this fat rhino in the room. I'm sweating. My my guts protruding. I have no business being in this room with all these beautiful women. The room is a minimum 70-30 split. It's probably actually eighty to twenty split. So we're looking around like this is unbelievable. There are just like die, like cha- like dime pieces just falling out of pockets, and the photographs are pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Oh, and there you are sp- photographs right. too. <laughs> so what? You spent what a month or two in, in this was, the, was in the Northwest Territories. You went for this one, I think, uh, no? Okay. Or was this one where you did the Azerbaijan? Uh, the we went overseas to take photos. Uh, and the event that you were at, were there was there snow? Yes. Okay. Well, that was in uh, in northern Canada, yeah. uh, a community called Sandy Lake, population twenty six hundred, around two thousand uh, kilometers north of Toronto, just near the the, the Manitoba border. And so you're like by like Hudson's Bay, like way up there? No, not that far. I mean that that's that's enough. Yeah, that's weak. That's far, yeah, that's but crazy far. Okay, but you are still far and in a oh, yeah. remote part of our country. Yeah, it, it's called the fly-in First Nations community. There are no roads to get there. You have to take a well from Toronto. You fly to Winnipeg, and from there you take a small plane. And uh, if you're lucky, you 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 know your plane's not uh, delayed or 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 canceled altogether because of uh, snow, right? There's like a little runway when you get to Sandy Lake, and sometimes it's snowed in, so you got to spend the night in Winnipeg. But uh, and then the year, yeah. But I've done like with Hugo Boss, we've done shows uh, on photographs I've taken in Azerbaijan, in uh, Niger, Benin, and Mali, in uh, Burma, um, Ethiopia. This is unbelievable. You're you're an extremely cultured dude, and I appreciate the culture that I was I was absorbing that night. And by culture, I mean the girls. <laughs> There was this, there was, there's this one, I, and I remember I was, we, I have this expression just because I'm a creeper called laser beaming. So Glenn, I was laser beaming this girl's body. Okay. She was wearing kind of like a goldish, um, kind of like a, like a dress and it was very, it fit her curves and her curves <laughs> were like you've never forgotten that one no I'm, i will never like i can see her and i you was you know what's crazy too it's the the events on a wednesday and from six till nine so you walk into that room and you know the clock's ticking <laughs> if, if you're if you're gonna get any digits or you're gonna meet anyone you you can't waste your time right because because no. it's such a short window yeah you're, you're absolutely right <laughs> and you know when you go into a, a party where there's uh, so many beautiful women What's the problem? You, you end up, you, you, you can't make your mind. So, right. So my friend, Paul Bromby. Your head's spinning. He has this expression, and I've stolen this expression from Paul Bromby. It's called apples and oranges. When you, have, when you have too many things on the go, it's like having apples and oranges in your arms. Like you're cradling apples and oranges. But if you have too many, they start falling out of your arms. And then you can't, then you can't really keep control of all the apples and oranges in your hands. Then they all fall on the floor. <laughs> 
So you're this, so that night was like an example of apples. Not to say that I I wasn't I wasn't carrying a bunch of apples and oranges. There was there was a lot of fruit in the room, <laughs> and I certainly wanted to sample it. But as I do many nights, I walked away and I went to McDonald's. Well, you, you, then you you missed our after party. See, I would always have an after party because for me the six till nine thing was work. I, you know, I'm, I'm saying I'm greeting a lot of people. Uh, we had uh, media there. We had some press coverage. Uh, so I have to be on my best behavior, and it's, it's kind of stressful. You know, I, I talk to any artist who has an exhibition on opening night. I mean, you know, they're just working the room. Uh, so afterwards, I want to, you know, enjoy uh, the fruits of our labor and all the hard work we put into this. So I always have this after party, and then I try to, you know, grab a... As many of our uh, guests, apples and oranges. Exactly, I try to <laughs> recruit all the apples and oranges to join us at the the venue we've selected for our crazy after party. So, okay, here's another thing. And then I have a hangover for days. Here, well, yeah, that that comes along with but it. Well that, that part's it. work yeah, too. Yeah, I was I always took the next day off for sure. Glenn, how do you? Okay, so you you you've been to um, fashion shows and fashion events. You've seen icons. You've interviewed icons. You've been in rooms with hundreds of people, and a lot of times, like you know. You're in these situations where you you have literally 45 second conversations with 90 different people. So how good is your small talk slash like um, your, your <laughs> well, you uh, what? what's it? your your schmoo- yeah, yeah. I don't want to say schmoozing schmooze, abilities, but, but your your yeah, small yeah, talk yeah, on yeah, a scale yeah. of one to ten, how 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 <laughs> you know? Well, um, you know what? It's kind of I don't strong know strong is your game. But put it this way: in your head, in your mind. You you probably think you're you're on fire and you're you're like charming and you're, but if there was a camera rolling, and I you know and you got to play it back, you'd probably cringe. I don't know. <laughs> well, because because here's the thing, like vodka helps. I, I oh need, yeah, yeah vodka, boy, I, you know, does it ever? Yeah, I walk in the room and I'm the are funny, they serving vodka? That's I'm Chris all I Rock know. funny when well, in my in, <laughs> in my imagination. Mind, yeah, exactly. Once, in your uh, mind, you know you're 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 great, but oh geez, I wouldn't want to. Look at the footage of uh, of my performance. <laughs> As Biggie Small said, "When the Remy's in the system." But listen, you didn't answer the question. You didn't get, I need a number value, one to ten, Glenn. Jeez, oh, I don't know. What's that mean? I don't know. But just evaluate your own skills. I, like you know, I, I just I have no idea. I just kind of you know try to, well you know, and it depends. Well, you're what, not you're not creepy, and you're not overbearing, no. and you're not obnoxious. So your game's probably like a nine. Because I'm me, I'm I'm those things, both creepy, obnoxious, and sweaty. And a lot of times, my breath is offensive. <laughs> so like I'm a I'm a listen. Kevin, like people like, love you though. No, I mean, you no, walk in no, the room they to- and no, they, they tolerate. They really, you, you are loved. Listen, for sure. Not, we're not okay. <laughs> so I'd say I'm, I'm gonna give my my if I'm gonna have if I'm gonna look in the mirror, and mirror mirror on the wall, who is the most annoying or obnoxious of them all? I'm looking back at myself. But if I was give myself a grade. Uh, uh, an evaluation out of ten. I am a solid. I'm a soft, soft six. Like many things in my life, a soft six. <laughs> as long as you're having fun. And hey, what's the what's the rule on uh, white pants? <sighs> like for dudes, okay? Because a, a lot of a lot mostly men listen to this audience. There's uh, about a quarter of the audience are, are Americans, and the other uh, three quarters are Canadians, uh, and you know, generally sports fans. But on this podcast, I've had a you know, guests from all different right. uh, walks of life. This is the first time I've had a, a fashion style uh, icon to speak to, so this is, is new. It the, is, for... it the, is it the first time also that you haven't had a, an athlete? No, I've okay. had uh, had a comedian, uh, Darren Rose, had a director, RT. I like Darren. Yeah, uh, who's, Darren. who's Madhavji is an actor. Yep. Um, yep. uh, Cardinal Fishow oh, is an MC. Yeah, yep. Cardi's. 
Cardi's great. He, he, he'll be out uh, May 10th to our event, by the way. Which we will we will get yeah. to. Uh, Boy Wonder, who's a who's a, one of uh, Drake's producers, who who wrote um, "I'm Not Afraid" for Eminem, so he won a Grammy and probably got like. Twenty million dollars because that song was so huge for Eminem. Wow! And and who do you choose? I mean, who do you select? Who you'd like to uh, chat for what forty five minutes with? Yeah, I don't know. Just my just my friends. Just, just your friends. Who, right. Just who who I have available in my awesome. in my my cell phone. Okay. And who I think would be interesting for the audience to, to to hear from and have a conversation with with me. Okay, so white pants for dudes. Uh, well, I love them. I, I, I you I, wear white pants. Well, in the summer, yeah, I wear you know like check it out like this. Navy blue okay. V-neck T-shirt with okay. white pants would look great. That would look great, you yeah. Know? With your Alexander McQueen uh, kicks, Pumas, the, yeah. Your, they look, yeah. They're, they're like Alexander McQueen Pumas. Those what? are a lot of money. No, no. I'll, I'll tell you how much. They're actually. Uh, they, There's they, a lot of money. They sponsored our uh, right to play ball last year, and this year they're donating a pair of these. So if you can, yeah. so you'll be able to buy. You'll. It's part of our silent auction. So we will. They better have thirteens. Are you thirteen? <laughs> Any size you want. Uh, these are twelve. Okay. Okay. So um, they'll get your size. What's the okay when you? <laughs> don't take care well, of you. Okay, well, but clothes is a different thing. But white uh, pants. But just make sure you know they fit well. I mean that's it. For like guys, it's it's pretty easy. Fashion is easy for guys. Yes. Seriously, we're not good at it. We need help. Uh, but it's easy. Can you imagine being a woman and having to buy makeup and nylons and accessories? No. Shoes and, like, and a oh purse. My, and like, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember reading once that uh, somebody said that menswear changes. Um, is the same from year to year, like 90% of it is the same, right? Uh, so only it only changes 10%. Women, it's the opposite. Every season, it's it for them, it changes 90% as far wow. as trends and as far, they, they're always shopping to keep up, right? Yeah. For us, it's like, what, you, like really? Like you, for, if you look back last year of what was in the stores for guys, I mean, what's really changed? Not, not, nothing. Not really, much. Not, not really. much. No. We, there's still lime colored, yeah. yellow. I wear a blazer. Peach, I wear a shirt. You know, whatever. Colored pants. Yeah. Are, are you gonna? Do you yourself wear? Uh, so, so my thing is just fit, 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 fit. Like just, I'd rather w- w- be wearing a, a, a less expensive suit or blazer that fits well than some, you know, crazy label uh, fabric uh, expensive suit that's kind of not not right for me. Glenn, Fit. how do you, do you know when someone isn't wearing a designer label? Like, how acute is your eye for labels when you're just walking down the street and you're seeing average Canadians or average Americans or whatever, and you're looking at them? Yeah. Can you tell? Fit is the giveaway. Like, seriously, I've seen people wear uh, inexpensive, for example, H&M. Yeah. That's, you know, very modern. That's very fitted. That looks very smart. And then you, you kind of know guys who haven't shopped in a while and really don't give it much thought. And they're wearing like, you know, some bulky, you know, kind of hanging baggy, whatever, right? I mean, it doesn't look smart. It doesn't look fitted. It doesn't look fashion, if you will. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, there's lots of choices out there for men. But I think it's, you know, just the, the, the fit is everything. So, okay, but what about women? When you see, like, you'll see a woman, like, do you know if a woman <laughs> carrying, like, a Louis Vuitton clutch is, if that's, like, a real Louis Vuitton, or if it's, like, or something that you bought Or if it's five years on... old, or if it's new, yeah. or, yeah, no. You don't know that? <laughs> no. Okay, well, I don't know, because, like. You know, and you'll you... be with a, with a girlfriend, and she'll comment on it, and you're just like, no, oh, but she's hot. Right? Exactly. That's what we look at. You know, she's hot. Like she can wear like whatever, but you're you're <laughs> like that's what you're looking at. And your girlfriend who you're with, whatever, will comment on. Oh, I don't like her hair. I don't like her. But she's hot. Are you um? Are you going to like this summer? It seems like dudes we can wear. We're not. We can, but there are a lot of bright colors and pants for sure. Yeah, they're your lime, yellow, orange. Do you? Are you yourself going to wear those kind of colored um, fabrics? 
I'm talking about pants, not yeah. not tops. Um, I've got a like kind of an electric kind of blue uh, pair of chinos that I'm looking. You know, like just, and you could just wear that with a nice white T-shirt. And it's a light, light summer fabric. Feels good. Yeah. Uh, 501 jeans. Levi's just uh, sent me a couple of pairs, and there's like a, a burnt sort of red, a, like a distressed faded sort of red pair of jeans. I mean, that's as crazy as I get. But if I'm gonna wear like sort of those colors, I like to tone it down. Like just give it some balance, right? Like the, what I'm wearing today yeah. is just dark jeans with a dark, uh, you know, navy blue V-neck T-shirt. But what's screaming on me is, are the are the Alexander McQueen sneakers. Yeah. Those are are loud, and that's like your statement piece. So it's all about balance. I um, I was uh, where was I? I think I was in Chicago like a month ago. I was leaving my hotel and I was interviewing a young basketball player, a Canadian kid named Andrew Wiggins. And on the way to the venue, I uh, somebody complimented my sneakers, and it made me feel like it was another dude. It was another dude, and it made me feel like two million bucks. And like that, I I feel like is the compliment that dudes can give each other. Yeah. That makes you it's like, which is appropriate. It makes you feel like. And here's it. Like, here's another difference. Like it's between, it's our it's our kicks. Yes, yes. It it can just be about your kicks. Like just keep everything simple, but then your statement piece are you know is your your footwear. Yeah. But here's another difference between uh, men and women. I think. I mean, guys like to dress well, but I think guys dress to fit in, whereas women dress to stand out. And I've ah, had this argument with people, right? That's like, very interesting. And, and having a guy compliment you on your sneakers, you know, it's, it's kind of like a. You know, like a like a friendship, like a brother thing, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like a compliment that you're being paid, but you're all trying to fit in. You're all trying to like, but that is so he, interesting. He recognizes and and he's giving you, you know, kind and, of some recognition for that. Glenn, you're totally right because I was wearing Jordans, right? so like <laughs> it's not like Jordans are you know like the 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 sneaker for for mo- for most guys like the Jordan. Yeah. Like they, those are the iconic sneakers. I was just wearing a pair of Jordans, and I guess he liked the colorways that yeah. I had. He's like, "Nice kicks," and I was like, "Thanks, man." Have you been to the uh, Batashu Museum for the uh, sneaker? Uh, uh, no, I've been there once, but no, I, did, they, they I didn't. A, I didn't go to it. Yeah, check it out. They, it's, it's on right now. Yeah, it opened last week, and the, the top floor of the Badashu Museum, which is a one-of-a-kind museum in the world, right here in Toronto. Uh, the top floor has been completely redesigned by Karim Rashid, who's uh, one of the world's top uh, interior and industrial designers. He was raised in Canada. He's based in New York. But he did the whole space up there. It's oh, cool. gorgeous. And it features everything, like the history of sneakers. Oh, that is, you know, I'm going to go this weekend. If it's, and it's going to supposed to be a uh, beautiful weekend, but I'm going to go. I'm definitely going to make a point uh, of going to that. If you're into sneakers, you, you got to check it out. Okay, so Glenn, I, uh, one of the reasons uh, I invited you in, in here, I'm glad that you did. I'm in, I'm in studio with Glenn Baxter. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow his, his life and his travels, at Glenn underscore Baxter. Or if uh, you're not in the tour game, glennbaxter.ca will work too. Glenn with one N. Because you, you've been around, you've been all over the world, and you probably have awesome stories. So I want to <laughs> I I hear, can, and, and I didn't prep you, so I'm just going to tell you, like a, I'm just going to tell you a random New York story, and maybe you've been in, I'm sure you've been in New York a bunch of times. Perhaps that will spark your brain into, oh, this one time. It doesn't have but to that's be. that's how it works too, right? You yeah. hear one story, and then you got five in your head, right? Right. It that's, doesn't have yeah. to be based in New York. It could be yeah, whatever, yeah. but I'll just, I'll just open okay. it up with this one story. Do you want another uh, vodka? Or? <laughs> We're good? Uh, I was covering the NHL playoffs, and it was the first round. It was New York versus Washington. And my dude, Dave Howell, who used to live in New York, he now lives in Calgary, but he was a, a club guy. 
So we get in on like Monday night. Um, the game, I think, is Tuesday night or Wednesday even. And uh, I was like, I'll come pick you up from the hotel. We got a spot to go to. I'm like, cool. Monday night, okay? And he was like, the best times to party in New York are between Monday and Thursday. So we go to a place, and wanna, I don't even you know. Want, you want to avoid the bridge and tunnel situation. Correct, yeah. So for a lot of people know bridge and tunnel is like the, basically all the people from the suburbs that come into the city on the weekends. Invasion. Because, right, because that's the only time they get to party. We go to a place called. And they jo- party rec- recklessly. Yeah, they do they ever. <laughs> uh, we go to a place called Johnny Utah's, which is a country bar in New York City. We get in there, and there it's just models. Like there, I and we have a, my friend Sheldon and I. We have an expression we call them footers. A, a woman that's a, over six or six feet tall or above, we call them a footer. I saw about fifty-five footers, and then another. 38 chicks that were like 5'9 and taller. Like these were some tall women. Like I want to just climb trees in there, dude. So we're, we're, we're partying and the DJ is only playing hip hop music. It was amazing. There was a mechanical bull in the middle of this place. So it's a country western vibe, country western uh, design and inter- interior design. And, and how did you end up there again? My, we, well, we were there for work, right. but my boy Dave Howell, it was like, he took us to this club. Okay, okay. But did he know... Like, why that club? Did he know there was something going on that night or just kind of a... No, he just knew that it was a spot. Okay. But he's, he, had, he has a lot of model friends and some were there. So we go to this place. Fast forward to it's like, I don't know, 241. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's still, it's still popping, but, you know, it's like, you know, as, the, as you said earlier, the clock is ticking, so it's time to make a move. So I'm with my producer and we meet a couple of uh, young New Yorkers and all right, it's time to make that move. I was so enthusiastic in my partying. You were what drunk. That, what that means, I was really drunk. You were drunk. We get into the taxi. We leave with these two girls. I'm so mangled, I fall asleep in the taxi en route to their place. Glenn, we're all, it's going to be a mission. It was I like f- a done deal. Yeah, it was it. I fall asleep in the taxi, and the girls are like, and then the girls are like, yeah, no, no, sorry. And then they left, and then... Uh, my producer and I just went back to our hotel because I, I, oh, because I couldn't keep it together. Yeah, but what's worse, right? Being brought up there and passing out on our couch. I don't know. Maybe, right. Maybe the maybe you just kind of like you know so cash, it, cashed it, out when 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 you did. It might have been a good thing. It was still a loss, but I didn't lose my whole bankroll in, in a way. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. And, and you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> so that so okay. Yeah, right. I didn't perform badly. Listen, that was a. I know that's a terrible or, or, story. Or brought something across the border that R- maybe well, you would have been better off leaving in New York. No, I would have gladly <laughs> have done that just for the story. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, so that's my terrible New York story. I know you have better stories. Well, I, I, I just want. I just want to open uh, up the gate. Like, listen, it it doesn't have to be a conquest. It could be, like, you went to this sick party on yeah. on on a on a on a hill and it overlooked friggin oh, yeah. um uh San Tropez and all of a sudden you're on a boat and you're friggin playing dice with Mike Tyson and then mm. uh you know later you go to a you go to like go to a party in a cave and there's uh uh friggin oh. um uh I'm, tra- who, I'm, tra- who's, I'm trying to think of uh, one of the Victoria Victoria's Victoria pick any Secret any Victoria's Secret model uh, uh, wasn't Giselle? Uh, no, Giselle not just. Nope. Who's who's the one? Um, who's Can, the, Candace Swanepoel. Um, who's the one that Adriana married? Lima. Yeah, She's gorgeous. Lima! Yeah, we, we, we love Adriana. That's the one. I was stuttering like a yeah. like a nervous sixth grader in front of the friggin' hottest girl at school, yeah. asking her to dance. That's how I was stuttering. Try to remember Adriana Lima. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, well, I'll tell you the best, uh, I think one of the best assignments I've ever had uh, while working at In Fashion was in Ibiza. Um, we were contacted by Mango, the the, yeah, the, the, the Spanish, Spanish uh, retailer uh, label. Dude, isn't that guy's daughter like super hot? Like which, the, which guy? The the, the guy who Mango? owns Mango. No, I don't know. She's is like he? a bi- she's is like she, a billionaire. She, yeah. And apparently she's dope. Tell your story. I'll look her up. Okay. Yeah. Google that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, when you know you want to go to Ibiza for for uh, a few days and. And it was to interview Penelope Cruz and her sister Monica Cruz, who were designing a capsule collection for the label. It's it's Ibiza, right? I mean, that's the the, the club capital uh, of of the world. So I'm pretty excited, and uh, we get our, uh, our our itinerary and our schedule. And I, I thought there was a typo on the schedule. It was like you know, there's dinner, whatever, and it was all like midnight, whatever. And then you go to Pasha two thirty in the morning, and that's part of your your junket, right? Oh, and it's. Two thirty. Wait, 2:30 that's, that's when on you the arrive. schedule of, of events. Of, of events for the for the journalists. Sick. Like, I'm I'm gonna like this uh, gig. But as far as New York, but anyways, I don't want to go too much into Ibiza. I ended up. No, was, no, 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 I think no. it was the the only time too where Glenn. I tacked on a few extra days, like vacation days, Sick. right, and made it a sort of a business uh, pleasure trip. Well, it was all pleasure, really. I mean, seriously. Wait. Ibiza, like crazy. Okay, two thirty. You roll into Pasha. Then and what? I had friends. I had friends who actually flew from Toronto and joined us while we were there. So he's coming. He's bringing a buddy and and uh i'm there with my cameraman and and uh the people uh from mango uh, one of them i've known for years from montreal and and uh, we're so we're all we're all in it together and we're all staying an extra few days and uh but because of that i wanted i you know like to go to Ibiza, not having any contacts could be a little tough right right i mean it's the club capital of the world i mean the, you I, so through a friend of mine uh i found a guy who was in charge of the pasha vip room uh, for the last 10 years so this guy took care of everything for us. How did you just find this guy? Well, I asked, you know, I asked everybody in Toronto, like, you know, from Charles Caboose to whatever. I mean, all the, the, the big club people in the city and nobody really came through for me. So I have a friend who used to be, uh, who used to live in, his name's Robert Souza. He used to live in Toronto. He now uh, resides in New York City. And this guy is connected. I mean, John Legend is one of his clients. He does the uh, Joe Carter party every year, the fundraising party. Oh, cool. The yeah, golf yeah. event here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so at the Windsor does, Arms is the exactly, uh, after party. Exactly, the after party. So yeah, he's okay. in charge of the after party, right? He brings, nice. Yeah. So he does a good job. So anyways, he goes, well, one of the guys I worked with, I think was one of his interns, says, you know, he he's uh, he spends the summer in Ibiza and he's in charge of the uh, of Pasha's uh, VIP room. And Pasha is the club, right? And uh, so this guy uh, just really took care of everything. I mean, he, he we never had to you know wait in line, pay cover. Uh, he made made uh, great uh, reservations for us at the restaurants. He took care of everything. That's awesome. So so that that made the difference and uh, okay, that's all I'll say about Ibiza. What? what? Wait, you can you can't just say that's all I'll say about okay, okay. Ibiza oh, is one so of the world's more. greatest yeah. all party right. places. All right, okay. So so part of uh, so we have a big dinner uh, Monica Monica and Penelope Cruz are there and there's like still, you know, acrobats and fire I mean it's they spent a million dollars on this party oh, that's and that's sick. before the 2.30 a.m. Uh, visit to Pasha oh they, we have like God. a VIP lounge in, in this club right and Pasha I don't know if uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it it is like the top club on the island of Ibiza which is the uh, most decadent uh, it's it's the you know the it's hedonistic it's the club capital of the world so so Pasha has you know the best sound system they bring in the best DJs they have you know the bouncers are like six foot seven Croatians with arms the size of my thighs right? right and and the the crowd is just gorgeous I mean like a sexy sexy crowd and uh, so so the VIP lounge is not some you know roped off uh, area in a corner they're like pods and they're like different levels okay and uh, 
we, my cameraman who's awesome, right? He, he looks like Neam Neeson. He's a he's a tall dude. Oh he's yes, like he does. That, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Talking about right? Yeah. Um, Jim. Jim. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. And so 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 Jim. Uh, so I I go to get some drinks, but we realize that you know we got a full bar in our pod. Like why are we leaving the pod to go get some drinks, right? So it took us a while to figure that out. Right. But next thing I know, I look over and and Jim's like the the official bartender. He's like you know doing the sprinkler and the running man, and he's grabbing the the, the vodka <laughs> bottle and he's like pouring it down everybody's mouths, and he's you know they're serving the veuve clicquot and everybody's having a great time, uh, but maybe too much of a good time. By six a.m. Uh, Jim is like a mess and he's huge. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, I gotta. Oh, well, did you guys just tell people he was Liam Neeson? Th- there's another story behind that. We did, the, they pranked him one, uh, one, one year at a fashion event. Uh, they had all the cameramen who were covering the fashion show just all of a sudden run towards him as if he was. And then everybody kind of believed that he was. People sitting next to him in the crowd, they started taking pictures with their cell phones uh, because the, the photographers all kind of, <laughs> as a joke, uh, kind of ran to him and pretended. Anyway, but, uh, so, but one, one thing, we're, we're, we're in this pod, right? And he's, like, he's pretty drunk. He, we, we, can I say, we, did we mention him by name? Who, Jim? I'm going to keep it clean. Okay, so, so basically his chair, <laughs> his chair falls back uh, and he falls over into the pod below. Oh no! Right, the whole chair with he him was sitting mangled. in it, mangled. Right, so he just visualized this guy sitting in a chair that's now facing the ceiling. Oh my! And God. he's got a big grin on his face, <laughs> and I gotta like, you know, take the stairs to go down to the lower pod and and apologize for for the you know, for the mess. And then I'm thinking, okay, like these bouncers were so huge in this club, right? I was like, I, I nobody rushed us, and I thought, okay, they're not throwing us out, but I'm. Like there's no, they have their eye on us. So I, I got to babysit Jim. Uh, so yeah, by six o'clock in the morning, uh, I decided to to make a run for it. We walk out, and he can hardly, you know, he can hardly walk. Is and and I I was a mess too, but you know that sobers you up because one of us has to be sober. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, before we leave, he you know he was in this uh, serious relationship with a woman who um, was a little concerned about his trip to Ibiza. So before we leave, and he can hardly walk. He dips into the the gift shop to buy her a T-shirt, you know, such a boyfriend. That's, that's well, anyway, a nice we, move, we, yeah. we get in the car and we head back, and then uh, and then I think uh, the next morning we went to space, which is like the after party of the after party, you know, it's like daylight and there's some some serious house music uh, oh being thrown down. Oh my gosh! Wait, did you guys sleep at all? Um, not so much that night. <laughs> oh my goodness! But anyway, so that was that was a good that was a good gig. I mean, that was a good paid gig. But the the New York thing, there was one night that I really enjoyed that sticks in my mind in New York City and it was like years and years ago I think the only th- and we were in the meatpacking district nice. we were staying at the Gainesville at the uh, Standard you know I think the it Montreon. was I think it preceded all of those places oh, okay. I think the only thing at that time in that area was Pastis the restaurant right uh, Soho House okay and uh, Lotus which was a, a nightclub and it was run actually by Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Jaw who's a Toronto guy who was a huge, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm sure he's, doing, I, I don't know this yeah. dude, Jeffrey John. He, he was written up in, in book. Remember that movie, uh, how to lose friends and alienate, alienate people. Uh, it was a book and it was also made into a movie, a comedy about a British uh, writer trying to make it in uh, journalism in, in New York city, right? Leaving London, going to New York city anyways. And he, it, part of the, the story is him trying to get into clubs and like no luck. And the clubs were kind of run by Jeffrey Jaw, who had the guest list and worked the doors of uh, some of the top clubs in in, uh, in New York City. So I, we were there for only one night. The 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 the, uh, the trip starts with us going to the Royalton, which Fashion Television had to deal with. Um, and we arrive at reception, and the guy says, oh, "Sorry, uh, your rooms aren't ready. Uh, with will the penthouse do?" 
So we're looking at each other and going, yeah, I think we can do the penthouse. There's four penthouses at the Royalton. We had two of them. Oh, my goodness. And, and you know, it's like a full, you know, kitchen, sub-zero fridge, whatever. But the best part with uh, the penthouse at the Royalton is the terrace. It is like a schoolyard. It's massive, and it overlooks, uh, you know, the city. So, so we check in. Okay, we're off to a good start. We cover this event. I think it was a, a band performing at Bergdorf Goodman, uh, launching a new menswear label. And then, um, you know, Suzanne Boyd. Um, Suzanne Boyd used to be the uh, editor of Flair Magazine. And okay, then, I've heard uh, the name. Yeah, she's right now she's the editor of Zoomer Magazine with oh, okay, Moses Neimer. Yeah. Right. I've also heard of Dorothy Boyd, who was in Jerry Maguire. Okay, good to know. Was... Thanks, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> have another drink. Anyway, so so we uh, we go to Soho House after, and we meet up with Suzanne, who's there working on a magazine called Suede. They brought her in to be the editor of this magazine, which is not around anymore. And then uh, a couple other Toronto people. Uh, we leave there, and then we decide to go to uh, Lotus, which is that club, right? And there's like, I don't know, like 100 people out front. And okay, this is, this is not going to be pretty, right? Like, you know, I'm not in Toronto anymore. This is like New York, and this is like one of the hottest clubs. But we're with also with Ian Hilton. Ian Hilton is there's there, Canadian fashion designers. There's not that many that are household names or that are uh, successful on an international scale. There's Dan and Dean from D Squared in, in Milan, and uh, there's another uh, a Toronto designer named Ian Hilton, who's the uh, creative director behind Ports 1961. They have a, um, uh, a headquarters in, in Milan. They show during Milan Fashion Week. He's doing great. But years and years ago, uh, we were all together, and then we go to we we arrive at at Lotus, and I don't know what he said or what you know the seas parted and we walked in we didn't so even, he himself ian hilton I went so. up and I think, spoke I think to he pulled whomever out. he didn't have to speak i don't know what happened there the seas parted we walked in i didn't even have to change my stride we walked <laughs> and you know this this place is serious and uh the black ips were there they were celebrating i think uh, uh, an anniversary i think nelly was there and giselle bunchen and uh, so we're in the vip area we're chatting with all these people and so then we we leave there and we go to pastis which is this uh, restaurant in the meatpacking district and we sit down and now it's around i don't know like one in the morning or midnight or whatever and we're ordering food and blah 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 and uh, ian who we mentioned uh ends up uh leaving our table and he goes and sits with um rocco who had a reality show uh I don't know some some, some food uh, yeah it was one of the first uh i think reality shows on the food network Anyways, uh, blah blah blah. Long, you know, I, I, the one thing with my story, it doesn't involve passing out in the cab with, with women. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it clean. But uh, no, no, keep, get it, get yeah. grimy, Glenn. No, there's no. It was a great night, and then the next morning, you know, I just kind of put on the the house coat, uh, had room service, re- read the New York Times on my massive expenses see, terrace now overlooking see, New York, the and then we story, slide back to Toronto, and then, then no, that's see, a good night at the office. The end of your story was like it's mine. PG. No, but the end of my story is PG. It, yeah, it's pretty. What, what's the? Does the real story have a PG ending? Maybe. Does it though? Maybe. Like I, it's it's like Ibiza, you know. It's like I, you know, you can't go there. Especially when we're dropping names. <laughs> okay, don't drop any names. But when you were in Ibiza for those five oh, days, did you? What's the crate? Like, what's not crate? But what's like the most intense thing you saw? Like, did you see like oh, a lady geez. pyramid with a guy pouring champagne no, like on disturbing. the naked backs of all these women, or just just people with like a guy with like you know those like t-shirt gun, a t-shirt gun with just like just like blasting into the air. You know what? Like, I think there was a lot of that that night at Pasha. I'm sure there was. I mean, there's like. You know, people pretty uh, people on the bars, and it gets out of hand. But you know, they, like I, they 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 run a pretty pretty good club there, so right. So they 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 uh, they control the crowd. But but yeah, I don't know. Glenn, just tell yeah. me tell me the craziest thing you've seen. You have you seen some like naked Cirque du Soleil 
going through rings of well, fire, so, landing you know on a it's, couch. It's funny because you mentioned Cirque du Soleil. Guy La Liberté, the founder of Cirque du yeah, Soleil, who just is, recently went to space yeah, a couple years ago. He threw uh, the best annual parties that Canada's ever known. And what you're looking for from me was uh, going on every year at his home in St. Bruno in Montreal. And people like uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Robin Williams would fly in just for his party. Come on. And it was like, you know, unlimited budget and like ridiculous at his home in the pool everywhere trays and just like uh, have you legendary. ever been to one you just no. heard, you just heard no, about I just it. heard about it yeah did you do you actually go are you just did you no, have I you did, actually no. been to one no but well, you mentioned Glenn, we got this so is the truth the, the guy the behind Soleil is the, one of the guys who's thrown the most legendary parties Canada has ever known maybe even the world go. if you yeah. Jim Carrey was one of the most famous people in the world at one time probably from like 96 to like 01 or 02 like the highest paid actor and Did probably you see a Burt Wonderstar. I kind of laughed at that one. I didn't see. I didn't see. I want to see it though because yeah. I'm a huge Jim Carrey yeah. fan. I will go see Kick Ass too. He's in that one. He plays like a oh, totally cool. different, uh, different character. I'm in. Uh, I'm in studio with Glenn Baxter. Uh, you've seen him for years on In Fashion and seen him on uh, Fashion Television on TV here in Canada. Every dude in any situation, any social situation, like when you're amongst people that you know or people that you don't really know and you're kind of bonding the real currency i feel like to a dude to a man like just a man's man a dude is your storytelling like your stories are the real currency hmm. forget the wealth forget what you're worth forget like what you do for a living it's like when you're in a room and you are an alpha you want to charm the room you want to own the room but and by doing that you want you want to tell stories or at least if you're not an alpha and you just want to be um, you just want to be amongst the people there sharing these having these this great conversation these moments you want to be able to contribute okay yeah. and the currency i'm letting is you down stories. ain't i i'm letting you down open up the vault glenn but you know what there's going to be incredible women in my event you know it oh is there ever okay let's get to that before i get to this other thing may 10th or may 11th Fri friday may 10th friday may 10th friday may 10th it's the right to play ball. Yeah, I get, the oh, second well, annual right to play ball. Will we see your photos there or no? One. One uh, of your photos. Yeah. So the annual uh, photo exhibitions that were sponsored by Hugo Boss that we used to do, that you've attended, uh, it, that event has evolved into what we now know as the right to play ball. We did the first one, the inaugural event, uh, last year at uh, Peter Fried uh, from Fried Development's office space. That's the whole penthouse floor below the rooftop floor at the Thompson Toronto. Oh my goodness. We had uh, amazing uh, event planners, Candice and Allison, who transformed uh, the uh, office and made it look like, an, like, like a crazy, you know, uh, Thanks venue. Thanks for the with, invitation with, last year. With yeah. Uh, with, <laughs> with beautiful views of the city. Like it was, it was great. We had uh, Keith Richards' daughter, Alexandra Richards, fly in from New York to spin to, to DJ. What? She was actually here last night. I, I heard uh, spinning at the uh, Michael Kors uh, uh, in-store party on Bloor Street. Michael Kors was in town, the American designer. But anyways, uh, so so she she was our DJ. She was beautiful. Dude, you're so dialed in. She did, she did a good. Well, we're trying to raise money, right? So like people throw, people think people think oh, I'm I like I'm I'm cool because I know Kobe Bryant. But you're so dialed in. With I've never these. met Kobe. You know, Kobe's huge. I've never met like Kobe. Uh, like seriously, I've never met Keith Richards' daughter. I follow Kobe on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, as, that's as close as I'm, I'm going to get to Kobe Bryant. So please continue. So last year you okay. had yeah. the so right year, to play ball. Yeah. We, we, we just wanted to, uh, to start off on the right foot and throw a really cool party in an exclusive, intimate space. 
and uh, and just get the word out, right? Start the the, the brand off right. You want to so, be the so new my, guy, so, Lila Belte? <laughs> no, I don't have billions uh, to spend. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to raise uh, money for for the organization. But 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 so so we uh, did this uh, party at the Thompson, and uh, was sold out. Uh, we had a, a great time, and we did raise some money uh, for the organization. And this year we've grown it. Uh, Considerably, so we're going from the Thompson uh, to the Shangri-La, uh, which is you know one of the best venues in the city. Have you been there, Kevin? Yet the the ballroom, the the third floor? No, I have not. It's gorgeous as far as venue spaces in the city, uh, and one of the reasons is it has this outdoor space, this terrace overlooking um, uh, University Avenue. It's really nice. Uh, so we brought in, we're bringing in uh, Tony Okumboa from the Ellen Show, the DJ on the Ellen Show. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so he's flying in from uh, L.A. Friday morning. And uh, he's, he'll be spinning with uh, Jojo Flores from Montreal. Nice, Jojo, yeah. yeah he Very, plays, he's a famous DJ. Yeah, he's one of Canada's uh, top DJs. He plays like Soulful House. It's quite nice. And uh, another DJ named Lapel, who's from the UK, who now resides in Toronto. Um, MasterCard's on board as our title sponsor. We've got Samsung and Sennheiser. Okay, but okay. And, oh, yeah, okay. okay. I, I, know you, I know you have, to, I know you have to mention the sponsors. And if you want <laughs> tickets, it's righttoplayball.ca. The right, the righttoplayball.ca. Excuse me, the righttoplayball.ca. I just want to know about the ratio, Glenn. I won't. I won't let you down because I really. Because your like, storytelling's let me down, but I know in real yeah, life your events have never let me down, <laughs> and I don't want you to start in 2013. And there will be an after party, I guarantee you, because for for us it's it'll be work, right? I mean, it, we're we're on the committee, we're we're putting together this, this event. So the night of the event, you're making sure that everything's working out, and you're working the room, and everything's. But after it's done. Then yeah, then then we we kind of celebrate. So Hopefully, it, we'll have you know reason to celebrate. I'm sure you will. So it's uh, Friday, May 10th. It's therighttoplayball.ca yeah, so it's, to get tickets. And I, are you I, guaranteeing a, a, a ratio I am guaranteeing, alert? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm guaranteeing a good crowd. Uh, and, and you know you you can attest to some of my previous parties, which you. I'm just to, I, I just go there and I just my laser beams are on yeah. full. I, li- I like to attract uh, a, a nice variety of people. Uh, and and in this party, I think the people who do uh, buy the tickets and attend, it's like, kind of like the fashion uh, crowd, the fashion community uh, meets the finance and banking community. Okay. They're, 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 the, they're the ones with the money. Right, uh, right. And uh, so so it, it's a nice mix of people, and, and I'm sure we're going to have a great night. And it's raising money for Canada's fastest-growing international humanitarian organization, uh, Right to Play, which was founded by Johan Koss, who's a, a legendary speed skater. I think he won four gold medals uh, in 1994 at the Winter Games in Lillehammer. He's legendary. Like people who follow Winter Games in Europe and, and you know where it snows, they, they know who that is. <laughs> oh, it snows here. Yeah, he was married to Belinda Stronach. Oh, wow, And okay. he wanted to start this, uh, this organization. And, of course, he, he comes from the sports world. So it's basically based, uh, it revolves around sports, game, and play. So, you know, game-based education, uh, playing, and giving kids a chance to, to be kids in, in some of the uh, most impoverished uh, regions in the world. They're in 20 countries, uh, mostly Africa. And, uh, and yeah, they, they do great work. And I've seen firsthand uh, some of the work they've done in, uh, I think I've been to Ethiopia and Benin and Azerbaijan. Oh, nice, dude. Uh, and most recently in Liberia, I went to Liberia with. Uh, Did you see our Liberian girls hot like Michael Jackson once sung about? What? what? Liberian oh. girl, you came and you changed my world. Don't you remember Liberian girl on the Bad album? Is this the first time that you've actually sung on your show? Agreed. Yes, yeah. and and then that was also that was like a <laughs> solid two out of ten. Okay, so did you see any Liberian girls when you were in Liberia? Of course, yeah, no. Yeah. Were they hot Beautiful though? People. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but yeah, it's gorgeous. 
Okay, what we're watching is oh, it's, it's just the video. This is the jump, jump ahead a little bit. Okay, but you got. Okay. I've never seen this. This isn't the video, but this is this is the song. You don't know this Liberian girl. No. Where have I been? This musical interlude is brought to you by Belvedere Vodka. Oh, then Mike just takes Beautiful. it away. Yeah. Just Mike. I miss Mike. Uh, Liberian girl. All right. So, um, but yeah, so as I mentioned Liberia, we went with uh, Rosie McLennan, who's the, uh, was Canada's only, uh, gold medalist at the summer games in London. We won this past one gold. Year. Yeah. We won one gold. Remember? Yeah. And no, we, not really. Yeah. Was it judo? Close. Trampoline. <laughs> um, we won a lot of silvers and, and, and bronze, but who knew we were so good at trampoline? At trampoline. Yeah, and try explaining to, you know, young Liberian kids what trampoline is. <laughs> They're, you know, they've never even seen a trampoline. No, I mean, they, there's only it'd be a lot of a fun. Sm- it's a small, you know, West African country. There's only around four million people, and they're just recovering from a, a, a horrendous war uh, caused by Charles Taylor, who was at the Hague, you know, uh, found guilty of war crimes and crimes against humanity. So there are years and decades of rebuilding ahead of them. There, are, there's not even a trampoline in the whole country. We tried to find one so that they she can demonstrate her sport. They said the closest trampoline was in Ghana. I mean, Ghana is a wealthy country next to Liberia. So picture we're in a rural area, you know, field, uh, school, about 300 school kids, uh, ranging, I think, from the age of 4 to 12. And they formed this huge circle. And uh, Rosie McLennan walks into the middle of that circle and does a backflip. And, you know, like, it's not every day that a gold medalist comes and visits these kids. Mm-hmm. But here's what Right to Play does that is so amazing. This little boy comes out of nowhere and does two back-to-back flips next to Rosie. And the crowd cheered for Rosie, but when one of their own did that, it was just unbelievable. And that, was a girl! That was a moment. It was just like, whatever you can do, you know, I can do better kind of the situation. And I don't need, you know, the years of training that you've, you know, gone through, whatever. <laughs> I don't need a trampoline. Man, Anyways, I do this every Tuesday, but, uh, son. But it gives them confidence, right, and, and, and hope and all that. And that's what Write the Play is about. And that's just one example. Every program is tailor-made to fit that region, right? Because we mentioned uh, the Flying First Nations community. I, think they, I, w- I went to visit uh, one of the two pilot programs a few years ago. I think now they're in 50 communities, five zero communities in northern Canada uh, doing similar work. But what works in northern Canada doesn't necessarily work in West Africa, right? Uh, it makes sense, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but yeah, so, so uh, that's what uh, May 10th is all about. We're trying to raise awareness for the organization and raise some money. How, how much money do you have to donate to charity to be, to be considered a philanthropist? I was thinking about this in the shower today when I was like, I was going to add, because I know you do a lot of charitable events, and or char- charitable events, and I, I give like 50 bucks a month to like, uh, Doctors Without Borders. So that's that's about 600 bucks a year. That's not a lot of money. That's great. But that's, I mean, just I, I imagine it's, it's, if everybody did something like that. Sure. No, it's, but yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's a nice yeah, gesture. Yeah. But do I, like... You're a donor, maybe. A, a supporter. Uh, you're yeah, I mean, a philanthropist. I mean, you got to be a zillionaire. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. do have to be a... Okay, so you, you have know. to be... So the and answer they is... they name wings after you, right? You go, you go to a museum or a hospital. Or a hospital. And there's a wing named after you yeah. and your family. I mean, those are philanthropists. Okay, well, someday I aspire to be a philanthropist. Yeah. You, uh, you can't even spell philanthropist. You're right. Um, 
I think it starts with a PH. <laughs> uh, who's the most famous person that you've met? Oh, geez. Well, who's like, there's so many. Because I used to also, before I worked at In Fashion, I spent a decade working in much music and uh, city TV as an entertainment uh, pop culture guy, right? So, I mean, when I used to work in that end, I, I interviewed a lot of bands and rock stars and whatever. Okay, if there's a podium, who's on the podium? Wow, there's so many. Do you want me to give you mine? Sure. Um... The, like the, the these are the most famous people that I've sh- shaken hands. with. I mean, with. Kim Kardashian's famous, but I mean, you wouldn't put her up there. Like, no. like who's like what's what's the what's the judging criteria okay. right now for your list? Okay, here here uh, there's some that that you really admire and you respect because not only are they famous, but they come with a body of work, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, so at the three, I'll go Will Smith. I met Will Smith at a Lakers game. At the two, so it's he's bronze. Uh, silver would be David Beckham. Is it silver and gold? Michael Jordan. Actually, mm. I'm gonna replace Will Smith with. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reorder. David Beckham, bronze. Mike Tyson, silver. Even though it's arguable that Mike Tyson was more famous than Michael Jordan, and then gold, Michael Jordan. No, that's my podium. It's a good podium. I got a, I got a David Beckham story though. Like, Give when it to you, me. when you met him, it was a couple of years ago when he was in town to promote. No, I met no. him. I met him last year. Went to a Lakers game with uh, my friend Mike Richards, who plays for the okay. Kings. Yep. We watched the Lakers game courtside. Sitting next to us, next to us was David Beckham. Well, so I annoyed him for a whole game. I got a random uh, Beckham story. Um, you know, we're like we're at uh, 260 Richmond, which is attached to 299 Queen West, where much music and. Uh, Again, just a reminder. I'm here with Glenn Baxter, uh, who's uh, who's a longtime journalist, uh, fashion. Uh, reporter, host, uh, uh, philanthropist. No, not quite. But uh, no, I'm not. A ph- yeah, n- I don't have that kind of money, dude. But- uh, and a photographer, <laughs> and an art, and it's just a great dude. Please continue, Glenn uh, Baxter. So, so I, I'm leaving uh, work on a beautiful sunny. I think it was in July, and uh, I'm walking all these you know side streets to get home. And you know that little. Right now they're building condos, but it's uh, it was that little. Corn beef house, yeah, the corn beef house, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Absolutely. It's like Adelaide and Widmer, or Adelaide near Widmer. John. Yes, in between yeah. between Adelaide and uh, King Street. It's like this little brick house that was like a deli slash corn beef uh, joint, right? Shot, yeah, and they, they would have five dollar corn beef sandwiches after <laughs> six p.m. And I'm from Montreal, so I didn't touch their smoked meat. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm walking by, and and uh, they have a little patio in the summer, and there's only one table at the patio that's occupied, and it's I swear it's David Beckham, and he's just sitting there with a beautiful woman and it's not Victoria it's not posh so and uh, you know like we our co-workers uh, was you know like we yeah but were, was he feeding her the corned beef sandwich like what was what was going were, on oh, they're having it like a, they're having a nice you know afternoon moment and he's choosing the corned beef house because it's pretty <laughs> anonymous right it's pretty random like right. corned beef house it's not like they're having a drink uh, you know in Yorkville and, and whatever right so I'm thinking okay they don't want to be seen or be disturbed so uh, and we work with eTalk, right, which is CTV's uh, daily entertainment show. And uh, I'm thinking, do I take a picture and send it to eTalk? Like, this is like, this is the stuff they love, right? This is the stuff that fuels their show. So you had to make that decision. Am I that guy who's going to like... What did you do? Uh, I just kept walking. That's the, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I just kept walking. I didn't want to start anything, you know? Yeah. But, it, but, but maybe if there was something there, uh, I could have sold that. <laughs> Right, <laughs> sold it for. I could have sold that to the paparazzi tabloids. guys. They probably don't make that much money. And then, right? and then I would have been a philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beckham would have to have been doing something with the corned yeah. beef to make uh, that okay. picture. <laughs> okay, so who's? But he's mo- a nice guy, right? He is a very I've, nice. I've guy. only heard good things about him. 
Okay, who's the, who are the most? And he is absolutely insanely famous yes. because you can go to Liberia and kids will be wearing David Beckham t-shirts. They know who he is. I mean, football is international, right? Glenn, are you going to answer my question? You can keep deflecting. Oh, sh- choose. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, who? I don't know. My, like, uh, so George many. Clooney, Brad Pitt. Uh, I went to a party a couple of uh, tiffs ago, and uh, Tiff Soho. is the uh, Toronto yeah. International Film Festival. And George Clooney is like right behind me. I, I went to a party. Uh, it was before Soho House uh, opened their doors here in Toronto. Uh, they just uh, have uh, an establishment here, right? And they used to like rent a space during Tiff during the Toronto International Film Festival, and they used to throw the best star-studded parties. But there was one Saturday at the beginning of that Tiff that I, I, I went to Soho, and I had. Like, I've never been in a room with so many A-list celebrities, uh, you know, at, there at once. And it's not like anybody... Who's in the room? Oh, okay. Who's in the room? George Clooney was there. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, was Madonna Rachel, there? Rachel Evan Woods. John Hamm. Um, uh, Wright. Uh, what's his first name? He was in the, the Bond films. Uh, who else? Oh, was Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Uh, thank you. Great um, actor. Yeah. But so, it, so, but so far, George yeah. Clooney is the dude in yeah, that room. Yeah, and, and I almost like... Yeah, so, so, but I've never met him. Oh, well, I did, you know, exchange a few words on the red carpet that day. So I don't know if that counts. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Okay. Because right. like, yeah, you got to yeah, like. Yeah, no, that's just work. That's just brief well, encounter. But if, it's a, it, yeah, but if it's like a sit down, that counts because well, yeah. it's you and him one on one. But if it's like red carpet, it doesn't really count. No. Okay. Let's, let's scratch that one. But no, uh, who, who else? <laughs> um, what about all these fashion shows you attend in like Milan? Like, well, you met Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're famous, but not, yeah. not world famous. No, but like, you know, Johnny Depp, Bruce Willis. Um, I don't Those know. Those guys uh, are famous. Those guys like, are famous. Like, uh, over the years. Yeah. Tons. Uh, uh, Bono. I mean, I don't know. Whoa, uh, oh my. Uh, Bono? Uh, you know, I introduced Bono. Uh, here's the story. To, to who? Um, okay. So he, you know, he's. Obviously, very active on the political Dude, scene. Dude, Bono is the top of the podium. Bono yeah. is Michael Jordan famous. Yeah, no, huge. Like one of the kings uh, of Earth. Well, you know how big he is? Uh, when One by One did their first uh, event during TIFF. Which was here in Toronto, yeah. Uh, yes, in Toronto. And um, I think it was Kate Hudson was the host. And they had a whole bunch of celebrities um, at the event. But when Bono walked into the room, they all trembled. Their knees shake, shook. He, he, he is bigger than you know than your than your a-lister because of what he does politically on the international stage i mean he hangs with world leaders and he also commands you know concerts where there's like you know tens of thousands of people right who 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 you know worship him yeah but what yeah he is a whole other level of celebrity dude bono okay bono is the most celebrities want bono's autograph i i feel you man so so he he like i said he's very active politically but but no but i was the funny story i was at the acc and i was hired to acc air canada center here in toronto thank you yeah it's like a the the, the the, bigger building yeah yeah. it's where the the maple leafs play the raptors play and their concerts or whatever and uh he was friends with paul martin who, um, who was the former prime minister of our country. That's right. Okay. And uh, there was a leadership convention uh, for uh, uh, Paul Martin, and I think it was in 2003. And because I'm bilingual, uh, I got a call to be the announcer for the event. Oh, cool. So I'm up away, I, you know, at the ACC in one of the press boxes, and I'm in this little room alone, and I've got my headset, and I've got a microphone, in front, and i got to announce everybody. So I, in, in, in both languages, in both official uh, Canadian languages, I introduced uh, Bono, which was kind of cool. How did you say it? Uh, something like, let's uh, give a warm. Uh, I had a whole, you know, le- you know, description of of what he's achieved and who he was and blah blah blah. And then at the end was just like, you know, let's give a big warm welcome. Say it in French. Mesdames et messieurs, souhaitons <laughs> la bienvenue au chanteur du groupe U2, Bono. <laughs> 
Man, I wish I could speak French, man. The few times I've been to Quebec City, I pulled out every French word I could possibly remember in conversation, <laughs> and it goes, hey, it goes a long way, my man. It does. I mean, a lot of the uh, jobs, I think every single job I ever got in Toronto was because of uh, my bilingualism. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of bilingual uh, people in Montreal, but you come to Toronto and... They're none. They're like no French people here. Exactly. So, Very and, few. And, you know, depending on, on what you do for a living, yeah, it can come in handy, right? So thanks, Mom, for raising me in both languages. Listen, Glenn. J'apprécie um, beaucoup, Mama. This, uh, uh, j'aime beaucoup also Glenn's Mama. That was inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, awesome. It's awesome <laughs> having you here in studio. Uh, telling some of your 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 stories and wish could, a, I, I wish we could do this like uh, on May 11th, the day after my party. You know and what? My after I, party. You know, last year, like, you know, uh, I won't be able to make it. Charlton Hobbs, who uh, sponsored Charlton Hobbs, who sponsored our <laughs> bar last year, sponsored my after party. So uh, they delivered like a case of um, Moet Chardon and like three magnums of Belvedere vodka. Yeah, it was good. It That's, was good. See, those are good dudes. Yeah, Shout out to yeah, Matt and Chris. Yeah, Matt, thank you, Matt. Um, I unfortunately can't make your party. I, w- I, I thought we were doing this because you wanted some free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I do want free tickets, but I'm not going to be here. I gotta go, I'm going to be You'll in... You'll be interviewing uh, uh, some big-time celebrity guy who's going to make your list, maybe? No? Uh, these guys aren't quite that famous, but I'm going to Vegas to interview the cast of The Hangover 3. So it'll be Zach Galifianakis, wow. Ed Helms, That's awesome. and, uh, Bradley and Brad Cooper. That's uh, Bradley amazing. Cooper. Yeah, who doesn't like Hangover? No, but <laughs> so good. Well, we all deal with hangovers, but the and movie Vegas. was great. And I got uh, and and like you like Vegas? No, not really. Okay, we'll, I've we'll been get th- I've been three times. The first time was with a girlfriend when you know we're just on our own for the weekend, and uh, I mean we had fun, but I didn't really get the whole Vegas thing. You know, you're just it, it felt like a cattle call kind of situation, mm-hmm. right? And then the and second time, and it's just void of any kind of culture, and it was kind of. And then the second time, okay, here here, here was a great assignment, right? Uh, we were the guests of the, uh, I guess, Las Vegas Convention and Authority Bureau, right? The Tourism Bureau kind of thing. And so we go down, and the, the idea is that we are following a Toronto designer named Sean Euston, who does a menswear line called Bustle. And they're a highlight during Toronto Fashion Week uh, with his wife, uh, Ruth, and, and Sean. And Sean's a bit of a hipster. He's a man about town. He's a, he's a bon vivant, as they say, right? <laughs> so, so we're there with a the crew, and all we're doing is following Sean in Las Vegas as he experiences... Vegas at, at its best, at its finest, so he can get inspired to design a collection based on Las Vegas. Okay. So he's got a little point and shooting. He's taking pictures of the Bellagio or whatever, right? But we are going to the finest restaurants and going to, you know, some of the, the, the top Silk Soleil shows. But, you know, shows where you're sitting down in this, like, lazy boy and you have a super hot woman who's pouring you champagne and uh, like a butler, like your, your, sir, you know, your private kind of, right? And you're, you're going to clubs and again, you just walk right through and you have a, we had a, we, you know, we had like bottle service and then uh, we're not even finished. We're not halfway through the bottle and go, come to your other table. And the next table is on the terrace overlooking the strip. And so it was just like a, you know, like you are a rock star kind of thing, right? Yeah. And uh, so then I got, okay, now I get Vegas. Right now I understand. And then the second time was a uh, architect. I, we used to cover a I mean, lot. The of, third time, the first the time third was the girl. Right, right, second right. time was Sean. Third the, yeah. time, the, yeah. The third time was uh, we were doing a story on City Center, which is uh, I think one of the most uh, where you, the like, Aria is and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Vidara Aria, uh, the Mandarin uh, Cosmopolitan. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nine a nine billion dollar project. It's the, uh, the you know the the most ambitious privately funded uh, development in North America. Right. It's spectacular. Uh, so again, we're going, you know, like we're like we're 
my cameraman who's been doing this for 30 years and he's shot like everything like with much music and the new music and rock stars and castles with sting and what and every fashion <laughs> oh, show God. with genie uh, becker and stuff, oh pat pigeon right? double p yeah talk to pat he rates his las vegas trip with me as the top trip work trip he's ever taken really in the 30 years yeah really yeah vegas vegas as uh, experienced by glenn baxter and Ibiza, I'm going to have to get you on again to tell gigs. the real Ibiza story. Or if you see Glenn Baxter in the street, Here, six foot two. One. Here's another one, like Columbia. We used to go to Columbia oh, uh, once a year. Uh, they're fa- they're, unlike other fashion weeks in the world that is seasonal, like spring, summer, fall, winter. Yeah, they give you a, cocaine a, when you go in. Well, uh, can I say this story? Of course, oh, you're, please. That's what you want to hear, right? <laughs> so we're going to Columbia, and uh, the fashion week is held in, in Medellin. Oh, Medellin, yes. Medellin. Medellin. Yeah, the eternal spring, right? It's a beautiful uh, uh, city. And their fashion week is the second most important in South America, second only to Sao Paulo and Brazil. Like it, they, they put on a really, really good event. The women are absolutely stunning. They're mm. curvaceous, hot mm. women, right? And, they, and the, there's a lot of manufacturing. I mean, if you look at a lot of, uh, a lot of your labels, like your Tommy Hilfiger socks are made in, in Colombia. So they have the whole manufacturing in place, which really benefits their designers. But they specialize in lingerie and swimwear. Oh, wow. Right? Anyway, wow. so 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 one one, one we, we went and uh, it, it kicks off with a garden party hosted by the mayor of Medellin, and uh, it's uh, you know the who's who of the cities there. Like these are billionaires, people who own stuff, right? And it's it's a bit you know their event is a big deal, whatever. And and there and at the time there weren't too many people going to Colombia because of the situation with the you know the the the, the FARC the and, and the gorillas and yeah, yeah you know they're waging war against a, a guerrilla faction uh, in part like forty percent of the country, so. Uh, we we went and we were happy we did it was it was a great experience but I I remember coming back uh, to Toronto screening all the footage that w- that we uh, that we shot and I had interviewed the mayor of Medellin and I hadn't seen it <laughs> who had okay yeah right no. I had I hadn't caught it when I interviewed him but when I was looking at the footage and screening the video there was like a ring underneath one of his nostrils <laughs> and and then. At the time I was screening it, the uh, the man who 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 took care of us and sent him on his trip, it was um, uh, taking care of the vice the vice president of Colombia came to visit us at the station. Uh, he was in town to sign free trade agreements between Canada and Colombia. So oh the vice goodness. the vice president of Colombia is in in our uh, you know in our workspace with uh, RCMP uh, you know with the earpieces and you're watching and, the footage of the mayor with I, a ring of coke so around I, his I, nose. I bring over not the vice president but uh, the the attaché guy. You dimed him out. Well, no, and I'm and I he, you dimed him out. Well, I'm asking him. Am I am I imagining this? And the reaction was just laughter, and he walked away. So yeah, like. The mayor is no longer alive, thanks to Glenn Baxter. <laughs> well, I guess it's you know it's Columbia. That's part of it's yeah. part of the culture. Hey, yeah. in Jamaica they smoke they smoke uh, weed in the street. So yeah. I was there in the summertime with my pops. I love Jamaica. Me too. Yeah. Can't wait to go back. Shout out to Grandma Richards. Glenn, it's been a pleasure. Oh, you know one more story. I have all day for you. Seriously, uh, honestly, because I got a good Jamaican story, um, and uh, it's actually uh, sports oriented. So it's got a bit of a it's got some travel. I like stories about culture. girls. Uh, okay, go. Give me the sports one. Okay. Um, uh, I went to Ethiopia uh, for a second month-long trip a few years ago. and um, Which is the Jamaica of Africa, apparently. Exactly. Well, it's, right, Haile Selassie. I mean, there's even a, a, right, Jamaica, okay, yes, there's okay. even a Jamaican community. Okay, so you're actually making a, log- yeah. a logistical connection. Between <laughs> Seriously. I'm just being a jackass. But there, there is a Rastafarian community uh, filled with Jamaicans called Shashimani, just south of Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. But anyways, I go to this, um, there was like, they, they have a Christmas uh, celebration every January called Ledet. 
and there's pilgrims from all these rural areas, ox carts, and it's just a sea of humanity. And I wanted to go back there uh, to give a photograph to a priest who took care of me because I was going to die because I was so hungover and parched. Um, the, the night before, uh, I was in a bar in, in, in Ethiopia in this little rural area, and we were drinking uh, honey wine, 25 cents for a little bottle. I drank two, and I could hardly walk. Oh, wow. So Is I that got, potent? I got killed on 50 cents. <laughs> the next day, the next day uh, I climbed up this mountain to go visit this uh, medieval monastery, and, you know, all of us, like, parched, like, hungover death kind of gonna die and the, the 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 priest took me down to his home in the village and his wife made tea and, and brought me back to life so so I, I i owed him so i went back there with beautiful photographs that i had taken of him and uh but as i'm climbing up this mountain there's like this whole uh group of guys you know with with like mules and they're like rastafarian and what we get to the top and uh, uh we start talking and it's uh, uh rohan marley oh really oh nice i, I mean i Who used to play i think he played soccer for uh did play for TFC? I'll, I'll get to that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Man. But but no. <laughs> so so we get to the top, and he goes, uh, I'm a Marley. And I'm thinking, oh, you're not Ziggy. You're not Damien. You're not Steven. Who, like, I, I wasn't familiar with Rohan. And it turns out Rohan uh, was married to Lauren Hill. Lauren they have Hill, lots yeah. of kids together, yeah. right? And uh, and he said, oh, you're Canadian. I used to play for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Oh, that's right. Playing football. He was a star yes. on the uh, the Miami Hurricanes. I When I got back, I Googled him, and I'm, there's like great video highlights of his... Uh, uh, college career with uh, with the Hurricanes, I think the he was U. a safety. I think shout he was a out to the U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did well in basketball this year. But uh, so they did. I had them in my final four. Yeah, well, ah. that, that was a, yeah. Nobody won that the, the brackets this year. So so we get to the top, and then he tells me to play. I touch his arm, and it's like massive bicep. Like the guy's in shape. The guy's hot, like solid. And uh, so we we uh, we meet uh, the priest, and the priest is all you know. He's moved that I have these photographs, and he invites all of us down to his home again. Uh, his wife's there, kids, and I, I take a I actually took a nice shot of Rohan, and uh, it was the invitation to our uh, photo exhibition sponsored by Hugo Boss that year. Oh, cool! And we tried to fly him in to uh, to attend the event, but uh, he wasn't able to make it. And then uh, he was in town last year, uh, and he came to eTalk because he promotes. Uh, he has a line of headphones. Oh, nice! So we, we, we I think I saw that actually. Yeah, we, the, we, the headphones thing. Yeah, so we we, we 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 reminisced. That was a good moment. That was a good encounter. That was random. A, I'm, so random. I'm shout out to the priest's wife though that rehabilitated you on tea yes. leaves and. Yeah. What other little medicinal um, <laughs> it's uh, just tea. elements? Tea. Yeah. Just tea. Okay, yeah. whatever she put in there just helped brought you back to life. Put some, <laughs> put some color back into you. Uh, and your I flesh. apologize that none of my stories involve like <laughs> sex with with hot. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna have a part two with Glenn Baxter, but <laughs> but the part one. Hope you guys enjoyed. It was a pleasure having you in. Thanks for having uh, Glenn. Uh, once again, it's at Glenn underscore Baxter on Twitter. And it's the right to play ball.ca if you want to attend the event, which I recommend Friday, May 10th here in Toronto at the Shangri-La Hotel. Um, Glenn, it's been awesome. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Cavi. Appreciate it. My pleasure, dude. Thank you for listening to Cavi Presents, the podcast.